This is FM 100.5, 101.9, AM 1450, and WGNSRadio.com. Rutherford County's Place to Talk. Hip, hip, hooray, let's give a cheer. It's 9 a.m., the signal's clear. Our favorite host is in the chair. The Truman Show is on the air. It's The Truman Show with Truman Jones. A look at the politics, news, sports, and people that are shaping Rutherford County. The Truman Show is on the air. The Truman Show is on the air. Now from Adams Place on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS. Here's Truman Jones. Good morning, Rutherford County. We're going to have a great show on today. We have Mr. John Daniel Rudd, one of our, uh, I, I think he's the best doctor I've ever had. He's just unbelievable. Uh, he um, He's kept me going and, and kept my family going for a number of years. And he keeps the county going because he uh, actually is head of the medical practices at the at the jail and at the workhouse good morning danny good morning truman how are you doing i'm doing good you're looking good, good this morning well you do what you've you been can. at the jail already early yeah. this morning and and you never slow down well i guess i guess we all will eventually but you know as long as i can keep going we're good yeah i didn't realize we had a little echo until you you uh started yours on the side so brian called me last night and said he's completely fixed our computers that run our radio over here at adam's place and um i guess this may be one of the little bugs that kind of comes up every once in a while yeah i hear a quite an echo with you yeah yeah, yeah. so uh i presume that they're looking at it at the radio station i, I figured something like that would happen but um i miss seeing you I need to get sicker more. Uh, no, let's don't do that. <laughs> it's it, it's been a crazy world, hasn't it? it it's been a strain on on the on the medical industry. Well, it's it's definitely um, you know life is challenging, and this is just another one of the challenges life brings with it. But yeah. I think that you know it, life is going uh, okay, and and medicine is moving forward, and we're dealing with what we have to. Yeah. Uh, this COVID pandemic has definitely uh, been terrible for a lot of people. Yeah, and, a lot of people have passed, unfortunately, during this pandemic. But the, the oddest thing about it, th this particular uh, uh, disease, it, it, there's so many uh, decisions that are having to be made, and people don't really feel... Uh, that we have come to a mathematical certainty on anything that's going on with it right now. Well, the thing we do know is that people are still dying. And in fact, yeah. in 2021, so far to date in 2021, we've actually had more people die in 21 than we did in 20. Yeah. Um, and so the deaths are occurring. And but we have more treatments, and there's a lot of reason to be optimistic about it. So, I think that's the way I prefer to think about it. Is, you know, things are looking better, 
and I think we're going to see a um, vast amount of improvement over the next year. Yeah, uh, the herd mentality, kind of like me. I've had I've had the virus, and uh, it's been some time ago. Right. And and, and st still, uh, I, I have that immunity in my system. Is there any difference between the people who have had the virus and have done well with it and, and, and the people that are getting the shots? Is, is there any one safer than the other? Or, or can anybody even know at this time? Well, it's safer if you have a choice to get the vaccine over getting the disease. Over getting the disease. Yeah. I mean, it's better to just get the vaccination instead of getting the illness. But what if you've had the disease if and you, it did not uh, cause any lasting effects on well, you? Well, the problem you have is that the further you get out from the time you have either the illness or the vaccine, the immunity goes downhill. Yeah. And so whether you've had the illness or whether you've had the vaccine, the immunity gradually drops. Yeah. And you get far enough out and you don't have immunity that will protect you from getting reinfected. So this particular disease is kind of like the common flu in the fact that people get that uh, shot every every year for the flu. That's right. But but some people just seem to have a strong immunity uh, in their system to begin with. Well, we. There's a lot about it we don't understand. Yeah. And I think that it, it is similar to the flu in that, you know, the immunity doesn't last. Mm -hmm. And it's probably because um, respiratory viruses in general tend to mutate. They change. Yeah. And as they change, a lot of times the immune system doesn't recognize the mutations. Yeah. And over time, the immunity goes downhill and we don't have the response and so that's why they recommend um, booster shots or um, if you don't get the infection again yeah. I've seen many people who've had the infection early on who have gotten it again yeah and so we know that you know getting the infection once doesn't protect you from life for life yeah you're you are still likely to to get the infection again or get a vaccination um, if you have a uh, someone you're comparing that either has the illness today or the vaccine today which one is better probably getting the illness is going to give you better immunity yeah. than getting the vaccination uh, but we don't have a great way to measure that immunity um, so it makes it difficult to make recommendations, but it, it, it's really interesting. They completed a study in Israel mm -hmm. that looked at a lot of people, and the people who got the disease, who got COVID-19, yeah. actually had better immunity than people who got vaccinated. But for both of them, the immunity gradually tapers off. But if you've had just what they were studied in 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 in, in uh, Jerusalem or wherever they were studying it over there, um, did the 
your uh, immunity stays stronger if you got the shot, even though you had just had the disease and you, and, uh, you have that immunity happen? Or does that pretty much, does it change anything, the shot? Well, it does. It, it does. You know, it does boost your immunity. But if you've had the disease and you get the vaccination within, say, three to four months, yeah. you tend to have a worse reaction to the vaccine. You tend uh, to have more fever, sore arm, achiness. It causes more symptoms. Yeah. But for everything, uh, every time you get a, a vaccination of the same thing, it boosts your immune system. Yeah. So if you have COVID and you're out six months or a year, it's probably a good idea to get the vaccination. Okay. If you are six months to a year out from the illness. We'll stay on that a little bit, but we have a phone call. Caller, welcome aboard with Dr. Rudd. Dr. Rudd, I have a question. When I was uh, grammar school, I took life-saving in the old Central High School swimming pool, and I wound up uh, coming down with malaria-like case. And Dr. Murphy recognized that for being in the South Pacific, and uh, everybody was thought I had polio. was getting ready to send me to a home in Nashville. But he treated it with quinine for about six weeks, rest, and some type of shots. I can't remember what it was. I was about sixth, seventh, eighth grade. And uh, he said, you'll always have this in your body. Does that mean I'll be uh, immune to it, or will it come back at some point? Well, to say you always have it in your body is, is probably accurate, but your immune system... It's like everything. You know, we're constantly bombarded with different um, antigens, different bacteria, viruses. And so our immune system has a memory to it. But that memory and age alone cause the immune system to sort of lose the memory. And so over time, even if you had something years and years ago, your immune system is less likely to be able to respond to it well. And it's unlikely that if you had uh, malaria as a, as a kid, that you would have any type of recognition of that at this point, in, as far as your immune system goes. Um, you know, there's a um, malaria vaccine that's being tested actually right now uh, malaria is a very difficult thing to vaccinate for, and that's why we've we've really not been able to control it. I mean, it's rampant in uh, in Africa, especially. Um, but y your immune system probably would not identify malaria at this point. Okay. Um. There's there's a strange thing of, with this disease, and, and you know me, I I, uh, I kind of uh, we all love our freedom, and we don't like people messing with our freedom, whether it's uh, medical people or or non-medical politicians, uh, all across the board, and and I, I think sometimes. Uh, all the uh, 
information that's been passed on has caused a, a, a lot of uh, uh, anxiety in individuals. And I think that's one thing. If you look at New York, uh, they're having trouble up there keeping medical people because a lot of the nurses and some of the doctors have refused the shots. And they don't want them in the hospitals, and they, and they feel more comfortable with them out. But now they don't have the people to work in the hospitals. Uh, have you ever seen anything like this before in your life? Oh, no. This, I mean, this is a new sort of picture that we've never come across this before. Yeah. Um, you know, we, we're facing a time where uh, more and more Americans do not believe the federal government. Yeah. And there's a reason for that. Yeah, there's a good reason for it. And so uh, the more you hear that's inconsistent, the more it makes you convinced that there's no trust. Yeah. And I think that's the problem. People are worried about losing control of their freedom more than anything else. Uh, and when you have that type of distrust in your government, um, it, 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 it seems like everything is kind of controlled in Washington. And when you have that type of control, you're you're almost getting into a socialist type government, and that's a scary thought. It is a scary thought, and it's something that uh, basically our military in America has fought against in the world wars that we've been involved in yeah. for the history of the country, really. Yeah. And and it's very difficult to to know. Um, you know what to do how to respond to it and that's why i think the best thing to do to respond to covid is to try to just number one base your decisions on the best scientific evidence we have yeah and second is for you to still make a choice yeah i do not think it's right to have someone tell you what to do now if you're in a facility say uh in a nursing facility like mm -hmm. Adams Place, even though what a beautiful place. And, yeah. um, you know, they may have a policy that says everyone is either uh, vaccinated or they've had COVID. Yeah. They may have that as a policy. That's fine. Um, you know, you may ha be in, a, say, an organ transplant program where you're in line to get a kidney transplant. Yeah. And they may say, well, we're not going to transplant a kidney in anyone who's not vaccinated that's fine too yeah but in healthy people who are otherwise you know uh able to make their own decisions we should allow that mm -hmm. and and there's a consequence like there is for all consequence all yeah. events i mean you know anything you do you have to live with the consequence yeah and that's that's the same as uh, the COVID vaccine. If we make a decision to not get vaccinated and we get infected and die from it, we have to understand that's a possibility. Well, kind of what I'm reading into it is that um, if you're a parent and you have children, young children in, in the school system, and say they don't want their child to wear a mask or, or, or something like that, um, is 
to me, that's still a part of freedom of choice. But then you have other parents. It, it gets into a fight in between the parents that want them to wear a mask and then the ones that don't want them to wear a mask. Does, does, that, does one bleed off of the other? I mean, it just really is an aggravation to the school systems and everybody else. You have a, and you have different uh, directions for each one to go. Well, I think uh, the way I see the, the mask mandate in schools is this is driven by the teachers' unions. The mm -hmm. unions are running the show. Okay. And if you're going to be in the public school system, you're going to have to go with what the public school system policy is. Yeah. But what this is doing is driving a lot of people out of the public system, either into private schools or homeschooling, where they have freedom of choice. I think we have a lot of things that are driving it that way. Yeah, I do too. It, more it, than more than the COVID. It's just not that particular yeah. directive. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like the, uh, you know, the CRT, uh, the critical race theory. Um, teachings uh the the other things that are uh the gender studies groups the uh, there are a lot of things that a lot of americans don't agree with yeah and they don't want their children exposed to until they're old enough to make uh more mature informed decisions and they're not going to have be in, in a school system that allows that uh, indoctrination yeah and i totally understand that so the freedom of choice uh, makes a – it kind of follows the guideline of what our forefathers did for us when, when they developed the Constitution and other things. And I have seen, and I know you have too, we have seen a difference in the education system that I never thought we would be seeing. And it seems to be uh, anti – uh, choice. It, it, it seems like that we're going to be, uh, they want us to be more controlled because they're smarter than we are and they want us to follow their particular guidelines or, or whatever. And uh, the uh, type of things that they're teaching in the classroom, uh, you're seeing it almost start reaching what they're teaching in the, a lot of the universities, which is... Uh, uh, really affecting what's going on in our country right now, especially with the young people. Well, the children are the future. Yeah. And if they, uh, whatever their belief system is, whatever their their truth is, if mm -hmm. you want to call it that, I mean, you know, it's almost like truth isn't, there isn't one thing that's true anymore. Yeah. And a lot of the older people like me and you, we believe in a truth, yeah. a single truth. Yeah. The current truth is one that changes every time uh, the wind blows. Yeah. You know, it, it's there is no truth in today's world truth, like yeah. there it never has been. And so I think that's a very difficult thing for kids to comprehend. And when they're they go to a, a grade school where they basically get to spin the wheel every week and decide what gender they are. Yeah. Uh. It's it's so confusing to them, and and yet the uh, public school uh, teachers unions uh, encourage this. I mean, that's their goal, 
is a more open-minded liberal approach to everything yeah you know with a rejection of older values and, i know and, that when this virus first hit and uh, people the parents were having to homeschool their children and they were finding out the things that were being taught in our uh, public schools they were very upset with what they were finding out and and of course all that information comes in from washington and into our state capital and all of those type things and uh it, it seems like that our uh, public schools have no choice but to follow those guidelines well they not only have no choice they embrace it yeah i mean they love to follow those rules that's yeah. that's what they believe too yeah and you know it's but it's interesting because public school teachers have some of the highest rates of sending their kids to private schools of all people isn't that something you know and so the it's like they know there's a flaw in the public school system but yeah. for the vast majority of people there's no other option other than the public school system yeah and so that's all they can do and to send their kids to a public school and then have to fight the indoctrination is it's more than a full-time job yeah it's it's a lot on the parents did you see these things coming um, well, 10, I don't. I didn't see these exact it, things coming, but I, I think that every, um, in the world, in our real world, we are always fighting against evil. Yeah. We it, it has always been that way, and it will be. We don't know exactly how it'll show up. Yeah. We don't know how it will be manifest, but we know that we will always have to fight for right. Yeah always and it seemed like the fight is getting harder right now i well i don't know i think the fight in world war one and world war ii was pretty hard yeah and you know there are a lot of people that were very anxious about whether the america would even prevail yeah and so it's and it's hard we did still. know our enemies pretty well back then though we did but yeah. but we i I think we learned a lot more as the war was over yeah yeah we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back with dr Rudd. from nhc's adams place home of premier senior living on memorial boulevard it's the truman show on news radio wgns fm 100.5 and 101.9 am 1450 and streaming at wgnsradio.com my name is Mary Edith Martin McFarland, and I love Adams Place. Nobody wants to leave their home. You know, I miss my house and yard, and that's why Adams Place is wonderful for me. I feel safe, and I feel cared for. If I were to fall, somebody there to help you out and get you to help. That's why Adams Place is wonderful for me. I feel safe, and I love Adams Place. 
Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Hey, gentlemen, it's Scott. Make your health a priority with a quick and easy health assessment at Low T Center right here in Murfreesboro, where they exclusively specialize in men's wellness, and they are one of the leading men's medical providers in the country. Low T Center has reinvented the doctor's visit, making it quick and easy to get all your levels checked, not just your testosterone levels. It starts with an annual wellness exam where they do a comprehensive health assessment so that you know all your numbers that are important to your health. If you've been feeling tired, grumpy, noticed weight gain, or a loss of muscle mass, these could all be signs of low testosterone levels, low thyroid, or even sleep apnea. Low T Center can determine the calls and help. And now they offer monitored self-inject at-home testosterone treatments, providing convenience and additional health monitoring measures for your safety, including a take-home blood pressure monitoring cuff. Self-inject at-home Home treatments are $155 a month, self-pay, or covered by most health insurance. Go to LowTCenter.com now to book your appointment. Low T Center, reinventing men's health care. Now an update from the WGNSRadio.com News Center. I'm Ron Jordan. The Tennessee Department of Mental Health and Substance Abuse says the COVID-19 pandemic has been hard on our mental health. The report says at the peak of the pandemic, more than 40% of Tennesseans were reporting symptoms of depression or anxiety, especially significant for younger people with ages 18 to 39 reporting symptoms at a rate higher than average. Good news and bad news. The good news, Tennessee home to some of the nation's top spots for leaf peepers. The bad news is biologists say this year's fall colors may not be as vibrant. They say cool, sunny days are needed this time of year for the foliage to be at its best later this month. Experts say warm, rainy weather we had to start the month may prevent the leaves from looking their best. A Smyrna high school teacher and football coach is dead after battling a short illness. Coach Gary Mooney was in his second year as a history teacher and football coach for Smyrna High School. Only leaves behind a wife, two sons, and a daughter. Funeral arrangements are to be announced at a later date. Guns continue to be stolen throughout Middle Tennessee thanks to those who leave their weapons unsecured in their cars and their vehicles unsecured. But the problem is not new as we heard previously from Police Lieutenant Clayton Williams. We're still having issues with people leaving handguns and cars unlocked. And I talk with other agencies in the Middle Tennessee area, and they, they say that's a common problem for them as well. So it's not just unique to Murfreesboro. We want to encourage folks that the vehicle is not the best gun safe. If you can help us out with that, it would be great. Guns stolen from vehicles are often recovered after a crime has been committed. Some of the crimes committed in Middle Tennessee involve stolen weapons include carjackings and robberies. When news breaks, we tweet it. Follow us at WGNS Radio. I'm Ron George. Jordan reporting. News updates around the clock, when it breaks, and on demand at WGNSRadio.com. We are News Radio WGNS. French's Shoes and Boots has the hottest brands and unbeatable deals that you won't find anywhere else. But these deals can't last. Everyone wants the wildly popular Hey Dude shoes, and French's has them. You can always browse the huge selection of new styles from top brands like Ariat, Justin, and Twisted X. Or come see why our famous bargain racks are known for the best deals around. It makes good sense to shop at French's. French's Shoes and Boots. 
1837 South Church Street in Murfreesboro. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website and Alexa or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. Good neighbor weather. Cloudy this afternoon, areas of showers and a few thunderstorms. On year 78. Tonight, partly cloudy. Areas of fog, low near 60. Today, VD2 on Friday. I'm meteorologist Laura Lockwood on News Radio WGNS. Right now, 64. Premier Six Theater on Broad and Jackson Heights, showing all of your favorite movies. Call their hotline, 896-4100, or go see a movie.com. Popcorn Pop Fresh Daily, their movie hotline, 896-4100, or go see a movie.com. Premier Six on Broad and Jackson Heights. From NHC's Adams Place, home of premier senior living on Memorial Boulevard, it's The Truman Show on News Radio WGNS, FM 100.5 and 101.9, AM 1450, and streaming at WGNSRadio.com. Welcome back with Dr. Rudd, and it's amazing how much um, you have done for our community. Uh, 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 not only with all the patients you've taken care of all these years, but when you stepped in to help us uh, over at the jail, it's, uh, everything changed for us because you were able to take care of all the new, pa- uh, new prisoners that have come in. And uh, with all the diseases and all the other things that are involved, uh, with uh, uh, many of them uh, were not what you would call healthy people. And, w- and as soon as you came in there, it's amazing how everything changed uh, at that facility and, and also the workhouse. Well, Truman, one of the things that I think is important, and a lot of people don't understand this, is that when you incarcerate a person, yeah you are responsible for certain things for them. Yeah. And one of them is health care. Uh, it's not an option. You can, you can deny it on the front end, but you'll pay for it in court. Yeah. And the county, unfortunately, has experienced that over the last 20 years and, and I think realizes that it's, it's short-sighted to not take care of people correctly. Yeah. Um, and doing that, the cost of care has gone up and up and up. And we see medications now that are unbelievably expensive. Yeah. You know, we, we can get by a lot of times with medicines that are less expensive. But even that, I mean, an example that I've seen just in the last two months is we have a medicine that has been around um, – since the 60s mm-hmm. that we use frequently that went from $8 uh, for 500 to $2,000 for 500 Wow. And for no reason. You know, what happened was there were three companies make, I say for no reason, for no legitimate reason. They, basically, one company purchased all the companies that make it, yeah. and they jacked the price up. Um, and then we have, uh, you know, patients who are on HIV medications or a lot of the new immunotherapies, mm-hmm. which are used in diseases such as 
multiple sclerosis, rheumatoid arthritis, psoriasis, um, that are, you know, eight to twelve thousand dollars a month. Yeah. The cost of the drug, and when they're on that prior to being incarcerated, and they've been compliant with that, under federal law, we have to continue that. Mm. And so we, there is no cheaper option. And we have to, you know, do what we can to work with the judges, to work with uh, the sheriff, to, to do all the things we can do to try to make them aware of the situation so that the process can move quicker and people can get... Uh, the, optimal quick resolution of whatever they're in there for um but those are things that uh, have evolved we're yeah. we're facing a different time in the past things tended to be maybe a little slower moving because nobody was you know nobody was worried about it it, it yeah. really the cost was minimal or it was it was flat uh but when we have to do medications that are similar to that or schedule a surgery that is semi-urgent not an emergent surgery like um, putting in a a heart stent but something that you know where they broke their arm uh, three months ago and they just didn't get it cared for and now it it needs to be fixed without causing a serious permanent disability even though they didn't do it on their own we're obligated to pursue that yeah and you know those kind of things add to the basic cost and that health care cost is uh, significant doesn't a lot of that uh, probably most of the problem could be uh, uh, having a better watch on it from washington when we're talking about uh congress and, and we're talking about the Senate, and and the lobbyists have a big hold on Washington, don't they? And, and of course, the, the uh, they have the, the money, and I'm talking about the drug companies. They have the money to um, um, keep their thumb on what's going on right now, don't they? They do, but a lot of this is directed also by the Supreme Court. And what they deem as rights of people incarcerated. People who are incarcerated are viewed as a vulnerable class. You know, they are, they don't have the ability to, um, to just go to the emergency room and get checked. Yeah. They're incarcerated. So they have to have everything that we can do to give them protections that, are the the Supreme Court views they should have, yeah. which is the way our country. I mean, it's it's founded on taking care of people that are less able to take care of themselves. Yeah. And but the ripple effect that of that is basically the cost of uh, government, the cost of how do we take care of these people, and what that goes to are taxes and then property taxes, yeah. and as in the end somebody pays for this 
I've had people over the years past that would be angry with me because the prisoners were getting better health care than they were. They, they, they couldn't afford uh, some of the things that, that was well, going on. Well, and, you know, the, the fact is, is that's just our world. Yeah. And there, there are people definitely in jail who get better health care than lots of other people. Yeah. But as we're moving more and more in a direction of socialized medicine, yeah. basically it's hard, I mean, to not get care. You can go to the emergency room and never pay for it. Anybody can. Yeah. Nobody can be turned away for a valid emergency. Now, where you get into problems is for people who want to do elective things. Mm -hmm. And especially with COVID rampant now, you know, if, if you just need a hernia repair, it could be scheduled way out, months out, due to healthcare worker shortages, due to um, other limitations that COVID has caused. Mm -hmm. And... Um, and, th and things are changing now. And then I think that COVID has caused a lot of very serious problems. One of the things that we see is depression. I mean, on some of the um, scales that have been um, looked at, depression is up almost 100% over yeah. what it was before COVID. Um, the incidence of, of uh, heart disease and heart deaths and the, the incidence of colon cancer and stomach cancer and pancreatic cancer uh, is we're seeing more and more people present with untreatable disease because they've avoided going in because of COVID. They didn't want to be there by themselves or they, yeah. you know, they couldn't get seen. And it, it's a difficult thing. Has it put a strain on the numbers of people who wanted it? to be uh, become doctors and people in the medical profession, and now they're starting to look at it a little bit differently? Well, they should. Uh, I would encourage them to look at it differently. Because we're starting to see yeah. uh, a, a big, um, um, I, I, I don't know, uh, just like in, in, in the major states that have large populations, people want to uh, leave from there, or, or they don't want to be... Uh, part of it because they they're uh, they're under the watchful eye of everything that's going on well one of the jobs of the future that's projected to be in more and more demand are nurse practitioners and physician assistants mm -hmm. not physicians but these mid-level providers they're called yeah uh, because reimbursement and is diminished for uh, for physicians mm -hmm. in a way that I mean you see almost no new physicians go into um, solo practice. It's yeah. too difficult. Uh, they all either join big groups or universities or some other established entity, an insurance company. Yeah. They work for them. They they cannot make it on their own. They can't survive. Yeah. And uh, financially, they could never pay their bills. And so I think that that alone tells you how, he how health care has changed. 
occasionally you'll see somebody that'll go into solo practice, but it'll be usually a, like a plastic surgeon or a, somebody who is um, uh, able to make a better income than a primary care doctor, especially hit, hard hit or pediatricians, OBGYNs, general surgeons, internists, family practitioners. Uh, this group of, of doctors is, uh, it's changing. The demands are changing. The role uh, overall is changing. And I think that we'll, we'll have to see how that plays out. I don't know. But I, I think that for the short term, it's not going to change. Yeah. I think our, our surgeons from what I have been part of, uh, I mean, just the, those of us that have been active, uh, we were uh, athletes, uh, um, even law enforcement and things like that. I think the surgeon's abilities have gotten better, but it's almost like they're controlled by a large business. And I still, um, I remember going to a doctor's office like yours when I would uh, have uh, a, a surgeon who was taking care of me. And, and, and it, it was kind of be, if you could relate it to a small business in the community rather than nationwide business chains and things like that. And uh, I've noticed that um, I just absolutely love uh, my, my surgeons I've had. You remember Tommy well and and uh, and and uh, Matt uh, Barrett and, and those, um, you're not really going just to see them. There uh, a large number of surgeons that are, that are um, pretty much taken care of by another organization. Of course, we all know it, but uh, I, I you're not comfortable going into those settings. And it's, it seems like the costs go up because you have somebody taking care of all their uh, uh, paperwork and, and stuff like that. And it's a continuous thing. Every time you go in there, you, uh, you, you go through the, the same process. And it, it's, uh, it, it's very difficult for people, especially older people, to go through those particular types. And, and, and you don't have that close-knit feeling with that group as you do when you actually go back and see your physician and and it it seems like it, it it's just a uh, uh money is the number one thing for everybody except for the surgeon who has a a relationship with you and i have a good relationship with with you but i also have a great relationship with your staff you know it's, it's like uh uh, a, a, a small business uh, that uh, um, you're welcomed in as you come in. And everybody knows, what is it? Everybody knows your name in that old TV show. But um, I wish we could get away from that. Well, Because it's very it's difficult for everybody. And I do know that even in our uh, pharmacist um Supposedly, I, I presume this is in Washington where they have all the lobbyists. Uh, insurance companies are extremely powerful right now. And, and they have their own representatives 
that are supposedly dropping the cost on all the things that we have to pay for, actually they're driving the cost up because I've, I've seen some of those records. Well, times are changing and it's really getting used to what is. Yeah. Because the old is not coming back. Yeah. Not anytime soon. And the way medicine was when I started, um, it's not that way anymore. No. And it won't be anytime soon. Uh, you know, physicians that are coming out of training now um, prioritize uh, off time, vacations, family time. Yeah. A lot more than than we did when I when in the group that I finished with. Mm-hmm. Um, it was something that it was expected you would have to work hard. Yeah. And it was difficult to find a job that you basically worked for somebody else because nobody did that. Yeah. And even in the big bigger clinics, uh, it was a lot harder work ethic than it is today. Now there are so mid so many mid level providers, the nurse practitioners and PAs. Um, the physicians do a lot more supervising than they do direct patient care. The surgeons. You know, you have several surgeons that work together, and if um, when you have a problem, your surgeon is not on call, that's too bad. I mean, you get who you get. Yeah. And that's the way that's the way it is. It's like the hospitalist now. Hospitalist, uh, that term didn't even exist when I started practicing, mm-hmm. and now hospitalists live. Uh, in an area they plan on moving in two or three years they there's no they don't have roots in the community uh they're in general more sort of uh more flexible they work for a salary they take off they may see eight or ten patients a day and they're done Mm -hmm. Um, it's it's a different world and the changes are driven really from um, the lobbyists from the insurance companies, the drug companies, uh, the pharmacies, the medical association, the AMA, uh, is is very active in the lobbying process. Mm-hmm. But the AMA doesn't represent physicians nearly as much as it used to. Yeah, um, it's it's all different, and our uh, whole structure of not only healthcare but all of America. Is changing yeah. in the way we do things. Do you, in in that, then, are we heading more toward a socialist type situation with the medical industry? I think with every industry. Yeah. Uh, we're we're moving more and more that way. Is that um, for me? That doesn't seem like a good thing for the people who practice medicine and i don't see it as being a positive thing for the patients either it it, it's changing the whole structure of it isn't it it is but you know for most people health care has never been very transparent in its cost because i can tell you as a physician is 
you have different contracts with different insurance companies. Yeah. And if somebody says, well, what does a anything cost? For example, say, what does a, um, an x-ray cost? Mm-hmm. It really depends on the insurance company that you're dealing with. The insurance company may say, um, you know, we're going to pay you $35 for that. And another one may say, well, we're going to pay you $15 if we approve it and nothing if we don't. And if somebody comes in who is a cash patient, somebody with no insurance, who's just responsible for their own bills, it's so difficult and really unfair the way the structure is because, I mean, you you could end up paying $250 for it. Yeah. And it's like going to the hospital and having uh, an appendectomy. Uh, an appendectomy, if you're under m- Medicare payment, might be uh, $1,300. I just made that up. Yeah. Okay, that's an, I, I don't know what it is, but whatever it is, say $1,300. That's overall cost. Yeah, just a, that's your cost. Yeah. If you have no insurance and you're paying cash, it might be 13000 yeah. And it's just just the way it is. I mean, there is no way to know what somebody's going to pay and what you call real payment. Yeah. And f- that's so foreign to people because if you go to um, Bud's Tires and you tell them you want a pair of uh, Continental Tire or set of Continental Tires, they can tell you what it costs. Yeah. They'll yeah. say it's $130 a tire or whatever it yeah. is. And that's it and people relate to understanding that kind of cost yeah but in healthcare, it's it's not that transparent and it's not for physicians either we don't you know unless you make that your career you have no idea what it costs under different policies and when you go to an orthopedist uh you know they have computer systems in their billing process that analyze each payer and what they can bill for. Yeah. And they bill based on each payer and what they allow. And it, it's, it's very difficult. I know that um, some of the um, uh, surgeons that I've known, they would love to be back in the old days, the old ways, with their own office uh, things were much more simple back then. They had a closer relationship to their patients. And, and, and I know that I, uh, I do have friends in, in, in those groups. And, of course, I go all the way back to Tommy Johns and, and Dr. Murphy. He wasn't a, really a surgeon, I don't guess. But uh, um, there's, there's a big difference in having a relationship with the medical people that take care of you than going through all of these monopolies that are controlling everything. It, 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 I, don't, I don't know how you guys put up with it. I really don't. Well, it's just we put up with it the same way patients do. Yeah. We don't have a choice. Yeah. And if you're going to work, you have to work within the systems that exist. And those are the systems. And so it is that. Isn't there anyone at all that represents you guys in Washington? No. 
Now, that doesn't yeah. make any sense at all. No, they represent big business. Yeah. And, you know, as far, far as the individual practitioner goes, there's no way to afford the kind of representation that um, the AMA or Cigna Healthcare or CVS Pharmacy has in Washington. They hire tons of lobbyists and they have a strategic plan and they all direct their their work toward getting yeah. certain things passed. And that's uh, it's very complicated. It's money driven. But why why can't we get people in Washington that can reach out to uh, the benefits of, of the average guy, like say, like me and, and others? Why don't we have representatives up there? There are laws that that pretty much uh, look at the monopolies and and they can take them down if they're not not operating within the laws of the land. It just doesn't make any sense. Well, the, at that point, Truman, though, you get it more into my opinion than you do any fact. I mean, because I think that the representatives that we have in Washington, their first goal is to stay elected. And, and they get rich. And they do. And yeah. they have to. And thanks to the lobbyists, a yeah, lot of it. Yeah, they do. Yeah. And, you know, it's like they that is their first goal. Yeah, and their second or third or fourth, somewhere down the line later, is to represent us. Yeah, um, and that's just the way it is, whether they're Democrat or Republican. It it doesn't matter about that. Yeah, you know, everybody has a niche of how they think they need to position themselves in Washington to stay in power. Have you ever thought that maybe I know that we have two big names in Washington, Democrats and Republicans. And it, it, it's like they control everything. Uh, it's not the people like us that, that vote for them or vote against them. Uh, the, the parties have all controls. We've seen it here in the local level and, and some of the other things that uh, um, pretty much control what goes on in our country. And uh, gosh, I wish that we could just have the candidate get up and uh, give his particular resume to the people of the country and uh, let us vote without all this other rigmarole. Just vote for the individual and what that individual has to offer us. But the, the parties controlled everything. I never will forget when I was a kid and I watched Estes Kafafer running uh, for president uh, and, and watching the conventions going on. And uh, it, to me, it, it was entertainment, but that was about it. Right. I mean, it, it, well, it's unbelievable. It, it is, and it's, it's our system. Yeah. And, you know, we hope that somehow in the end it works. Yeah. But it sure is a mess get, watching it. And uh, I think that learning how to... Um, one of the things that I think that Americans have always thought until recently is that at least we had the vote. We could vote. <laughs> and I think now we realize that we don't even have that. Yeah, it's sad. 
We do have a caller on the yes. line. Maybe, maybe our caller has, has uh, can, can take care of it. Yeah, everything. there you go. Caller, welcome aboard with Dr. Rudd. Okay, I have an answer. Just run outside, run down I-24 with no car, just run toward the traffic and just bump heads. You know what? I'm listening to you all, and I know a lot of more people are listening to. And what you all are saying, it really hurts me because... I live in a place called the United States of America, and we're supposed to be God's country. And what you are saying, you all are saying, and I've been hearing this for the last 25 or 30 years, we, t- we preach one thing, but we walk another way. And to me, I've always been taught all my life, that's a dangerous way to live. Is that the reason why I see our country in the shape that it's in? I think that's a big part of it. I'm, I'm sick of the news because who can you trust? And I'm just saying, who, who, who do you vote for? You know what they get on me about? You don't vote. Or you don't Democrat. You okay? The people that voting, ask them how they feel. Like I'm listening to you guys. And look here, I believe in the truth. Okay, bring me the truth teller. Uh oh. Do anybody out to hear me now? I, I think most people understand the truth. I, I actually believe that. But they talk a different game. Money, money, for the love of money. When the OJ sung that song, for the love of money, let's take the money away. Uh-oh. Let's tell the truth. Can we stand the truth anymore? Welcome to America. Can we stand the truth anymore? It doesn't look like that um, we get the chance to even know what the truth is. Guess what? I've seen the time... And a lot of my friends, we talk about this. All you see, all you hear about and see on TV, you can't watch a good program no more because it's just news, 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 news. But what is good as news if it's not changing anything? Do you all follow well, me? Oh, not only is it, yeah, not only is it not changing anything, it's very rarely truthful. Only accidentally will it be truthful. That is so true, bro. Sir, I appreciate you all. I'm listening. Y'all have a good day. Thank you, Casey. Mr. Casey Clark. Um, it, it, it's it's a, brain, a really a brainwashing system that we're in right now. And uh, how can anybody uh, be educated to um, what's really going on in our country? It, it, it's almost impossible to find out. Well... Even when you think back about the school system that existed uh, 40, 50 years ago, there was always a class called civics. Mm-hmm. And civics was what was basically teaching the way our country is, the yeah. way it's founded, the way it runs. That's gone now. They don't teach civics anymore. Yeah. And instead, they've replaced it with ways to divide people. You know, you can, if you can get people to believe uh, that there are, your enemies are your neighbors and the people who uh, are inclined to believe one thing such as environmentalism or uh, gender studies differences or racial differences, uh, I, I believe that our country is, the truth is, the way we were was based on loving our neighbor yeah 
and, and trying to take of care them. of our neighbor. Yeah. And, and whatever that meant, however that looked, is what we did. Now the goal is to divide people so that you can align the votes and you can count. Well, this will be a Democrat vote. This will be a Republican vote. That's a divisive thing to do for the whole country, and it's destructive. Yeah. And, you know, forgetting that we need to be aligned as neighbors. We need to care about people that are around us, not trying to find ways to be different. I think we're all here in this country and because we love America. That Of course, we were born here, yeah. but we realize that it's the best system in the world, even with the flaws we have today. It's still the best. And but I it's think, heading in the wrong direction. Well, it is, but, you know, I think a lot of things go in a sawtooth pattern where you basically are up and down, up and down. And, and hopefully that's the case now. Uh, time will tell, but I'm, I'm hopeful that, you know, that the path we're on now will be changed and, um, and we'll go back the other ways. But money, unfortunately, technology, especially technology companies, are making huge decisions about how the country's going to go. And they do it based on power and money. And they've got more power than they should at this point. And, you know, we'll have to see how that plays out, too. Do you think the Supreme Court, of course it changes. I mean, no matter who you've got in there, it's always constantly changing. Is there any way that do you think that we can go back to um, the Constitution and, and how it reaches out to us? Um, it, right now, and it's been that way, I think, since really Warren came in, um, we're, we're so uh, caught up in politics rather than the legal system. The, the, the Supreme Court was supposed to be the, the one that would reach out to us and, um, and, and live in a country as how it was initially made up and, and for the freedoms and all those things. But all the ideas, the, the conflicting ideas that are up there, it's, it's become a major problem for us, no matter which one you send in there. And, and uh, um, we've, we've gone away from a lot of the strong ideas that made this country great. And, and when the legal people start messing around with it and, and um, become a political issue, we're hurting. Well, it, it, it's a mess up there. It's very difficult. I mean, yeah. I think most people recognize now in the Supreme Court, they talk about conservative versus liberal or Republican yeah. versus Democrat judges. It's recognizing in a general level that this is not based on law. This is based on politics. Yeah. And when you have politics deciding what laws to enforce, which basically the chief justice of the Supreme Court gets to decide what cases they hear. Yeah. And he can form new laws that basically shape the culture which that's supposed to be done in congress yeah yeah i mean exactly and and so but the supreme court is forced 
you know, uh, in the culture we live in today to make political decisions that result in uh, big cultural shifts. Yeah. And I, I think that if that continues, then there's going to be either – it's like uh, the current Democrat administration was talking about expanding the court – and adding, I don't know, nine or ten more justices that they all appoint, that yeah. they get to appoint. They're trying to shift what the court does and who and who decides what and make it even more of a partisan type of, of uh, institution. And I think that, you know, seeing the um, uh, attorney general now uh, that basically Biden has appointed who was – recommended to the Supreme Court initially by Obama and to see his uh, stance on using the FBI to criminalize parents who attend um, school board meetings mm. is it it shows really how far we've gone to uh, to really affect our country with laws and yeah. and when we start using the IRS or the FBI against political enemies I think we're we're really moving into dangerous territory the thing that scares me I'm, I'm afraid we're heading more towards socialism uh, each year as, as, as the, the laws seem to be passed and the decisions being made i mean e even in the medical industry or, or the the major schools take schools like harvard or, or uh, uh, they decide a lot of times um uh which ethnic group uh how many they can have just like uh, the asians they, they it and, and that's another thing it just goes right across the board as far as uh which ethnic group we are and, and, and you, a lot of times it'll go against the ones that are most qualified to be in the school. You know as well as I do that uh, the Asians have been really persecuted as far as trying to get into these particular universities uh, because of the numbers of either Asians against uh, others, uh, other different ethnic groups. Um, it, it, none of this makes any sense as far as upgrading what we can do in our country. Well, we're we're moving away from an idea that people um, have an equal opportunity to an idea that we have to have equal outcomes. Right. And that's the difference in equality and equity mm -hmm. that, you know, is is so different than the way we think of things that are American. Yeah. We think, okay, if if you, everybody starts with the most equal opportunity we can give them. Mm -hmm. We can't really pick the parents of every baby born. Yeah. And there are going to be parents that are better parents. There's going to be situations that are better situations uh, to be born in. They're going to be disadvantaged babies that are born into to bad situations. Uh, we can't make it all equal. Yeah. And so now the idea is to make the outcomes equal. So that basically no matter how hard you work, no matter how uh, 
how much you do, everybody still ends up at the same place. Yeah. And that is a disincentive to work. You're yeah, not we're seeing that you're now. not gonna promote innovation, creativity, uh, ideas in general by having an equity based uh, society. Yeah. Now equality based is different. And that is doing the best we can to have equal opportunity. Yeah. But for people who make bad choices, there are bad outcomes. It's like sending stimulus checks to inmates in prison. Mm -hmm. They do that. Why? Well, they, it's, it's equity. It's not equality. Yeah. I'm, I'm really thinking, I'm looking at this thing on, the, on, on my computer here, and we're going to have to wrap up the show. And I was ready to go on for another three hours because I am learning something every day. And it, 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 it's like when you and I grew up in, in neighborhoods, we, it, it didn't matter who they were or where they came from or anything like that. We loved everybody. We enjoyed each other. And we all had certain skills. Well, everybody else had certain skills. I don't think I had any. <laughs> but uh, it, we took care of each other. And if somebody was down and they were needing something, um, it was just like these old movies where somebody's house burned down, the whole neighborhood would run out there, and they would start building that house back up for them. We saw that when Bud Mitchell, Bud's Tire, uh, burned down. Well, the, everybody started turning out, and they wanted to build that back up because Bud had done so much for everybody else. We did those things, and now it's just that people are afraid to do any things like that. It's just a different world. And, uh, in the world yeah, in the world we live in now, if you go help somebody build back a house yeah. and get hurt, then somebody's going to sue the people who they're building the house for. Yeah, it's just the way the world is. But yeah. but it's good to be here again with you, Truman, and I enjoyed it as usual. And I hope that you have a great a great uh, day today. You're a great friend, but not only to me, but to so many other people in this community. And I appreciate everything you do. Thank you, Truman. Great to be here, and I hope everyone has a good day today. And I'm glad Casey called in. I love to hear Casey uh, talk and 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 give his. Uh, uh, different thoughts about things he always has a common sense approach he really does all right guys we'll see you in the morning at nine from nhc's adams place home of premier senior living on memorial boulevard it's the truman show on news radio wgns fm 100.5 and 101.9 am 1450 and streaming at WGNSRadio.com.